Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cave the Cross Apologetics. I'm Patrick, and unfortunately, no Tony tonight because uh, we're hitting the late night with uh, some of my friends. Uh, today, we're talking about something that uh, I, I kind of had on my mind uh, when we did uh, the episode with uh, Pastor Lee on um, on prayer. And I got a comment on that that said, oh, that's weird that uh, an apologetics program would do a, pr- a program on prayer. And I was just kind of thinking like, what's the point of doing apologetics if we're not going to tie it into absolutely every point within our theological system, our worship of God and anything like anything should be in the topic of apologetics. And so I thought, well, we talk about, you know, whether the Bible's true, uh, you know, Jesus and, and the free will and, uh, you know, the, just the number of, of items that we have of responding, we talked about positive and negative apologetics. And so I thought, why not bring on two of my favorite guys that I've just have like, if, if there's, if there's proof that God helped to invent social media, it was only for me to meet these two guys because I literally love them so much. Like they, they, they're in my feed all the time and I'm just liking their stuff and I've learned so much for them. So uh, let me just uh, um, kind of, uh, give uh, an intro here of, of uh, 2 Timothy 2.15 says, uh, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And so today we're going to talk about a little bit about hermeneutics, about personal Bible study, just kind of the things that we um, maybe take for granted when we're thumbing through the old pages and we're, you know, uh, closing our eyes and pointing our finger on whatever Bible passage that we are. So uh, we can get out of uh, the Jeremiah passage that, uh, that uh, our grandma send us uh, every time we graduate something. But I, w- I need to bring on uh, my two friends, Josh and Jeff from, uh, I mean, I kind of know them from the anarchist Bible study. They had me on an episode seven and eight to talk about uh, whatever I wanted to. So I picked the, the trial of Jesus and how it relates to our, uh, a relationship to the state. And I don't think I even brought up uh, Romans uh, 13. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably the best libertarian anarchist Christian that has ever lived because of that. Then. So, <laughs> <laughs> Joshua, let me start with you. Uh, can you, can you kind of give a breakdown of who you are, what, what you want to tell the, the fine folks listening and watching? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm a long time of cave to the cross listener ish. Like I try, I, I just try. I, I don't always keep up very well, uh, but I will tell you, I am excited to join the ranks of such uh, amazing names at, uh, of people whom you've interviewed, such as uh, Greg Kokel, Nancy Piercy, Jay Warner, Wallace, the great Bob Murphy, and now some dude from Iowa and some dude from Canada. <laughs> really, really excited to be included among those names. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I uh, in, the, in the social in the social media world, I'm known more for the for the libertarian stuff, uh, 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 kind of intersection of biblical theology, specifically reformed theology, and biblical exegesis and uh and libertarian philosophy um and and that's where that's where jeff and i got to know each other is is through that and and we started after talking for a while uh um i don't remember if i brought up the idea first or if he had an idea and we just kind of merged the ideas into this anarchist bible study but uh that's uh basically it's it's like coming home because in my day-to-day life i i i'm a a pastor specifically a pastor of youth and music um in a small church in uh in iowa and um 
And so, yeah, um, in, in case you're worried about me getting into Austrian economics and stuff, I'm not going to do that. You can go watch the Bob Murphy episode for that. Uh, we're, we're just gonna, we're just gonna stick with the Bible tonight. Just the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, my, my mentor in Canadian politics, uh, who I has a long road to take me on, uh, Jeff, can you, uh, can you introduce yourself, please? Yeah. My, my name is Jeff Park. I, um, I, I work in, in politics directly, uh, in, uh, Alberta, Canada, uh, in, in the city of Calgary. And I preach and teach at my small church by Canadian standards, which would be just non-existent by Iowa standards. Um, and, uh, 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 but, but as, as Patrick mentioned, um, uh, I have been grafted in almost as if I were a natural branch into, uh, Canadian politics and, uh, have, uh, have, uh, have taken to it in a, uh, uh, highly obsessive way and made it my career. So, uh, so, uh, that's, I, I, uh, work for clients and, and, uh, and help, help organizations, uh, with their strategic messaging and, and that sort of thing, um, uh, in mostly in the political realm or the, uh, politically influenced business <laughs> realm, uh, here in Alberta, Canada. So, um, but, passion passion for the word uh i was a student at southern southern seminary still preach and teach whenever i can um and uh, uh and uh so that's why i got involved with uh i went cap with the with the anarchist bible study and why um uh, uh patrick and i became such fast friends was really not so much because of the Canadian politics, but, uh, uh, but because, because of our, our mutual love for the word. Um, amen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I've, I've since, uh, since you guys brought me on, I haven't missed an episode and l luckily you guys have, uh, uh, grandfathered me in, uh, allowed me to, uh, join the one to three people at who are up at that hour. <laughs> uh, so we can stave off the devil at the 3am witching hour. And, uh, and, and I've seen, uh, uh, Jeff and Josh go for eight hours, my entire, uh, working shift. And I'm like, guys, I gotta go. So, uh, uh, thank you for that. But, uh, we did too. We really should have too. Yeah. But I've also seen Jeff preach within 40 minutes and I'm like, can he do that? Is that, isn't that a law? So, um, so yes, I, I, believe I, it or I, not, I preach within 25 minutes. I, I think that might make me not, not reform. <laughs> so I, 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 you, you guys have the background for it. Uh, not that, uh, you know, Paul went to seminary for four years and went into massive debt. That doesn't, uh, um, make anybody a, a good, uh, handler of the word. Um, but what I've seen you guys do on uh, Anarchist Bible Study is you guys are going through Revelation. And, and of course, the joke is that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to maybe the, the middle of, of, of Revelation within seven years, just in time for, you know, the, the dispensationalists to uh, to have the uh, the Antichrist come out. Because this is largely a, a a philosophy podcast, then I can make this joke. This is like Zeno's Bible study. Um, <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> yep. uh, 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 uh. <laughs> so close, so close. <laughs> yeah, 
it's it's funny because we we started on revelation because we saw like there was like two chapters that were like those would be really good ones to get to but of course we have to work up to it and now we're like are we ever actually going to get to those two chapters i don't know and not just work up to it you take you try and take a running start each time but then you pause on what you've done like four hours on for the first part because you have more to say and but but at the same time i am i love it like it 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 that that's a that's a spicy meatball for me and i'm i i really i really have gotten a lot out of uh what you guys bring to the table and it's not just uh you know oh, oh we, we have to we have to release ourselves from the bondage of the state and you guys are methodical you're uh slow to a point of um covering the topics that you want to cover um and I just uh, have a lot of respect for the handling of, of the word that you guys do, that it, it has caused me to um, uh, take in um, uh, to myself how I'm doing it and how I'm doing it with my children and how I'm doing it post after the pastor preaches. And so what can I uh, get more out of scripture? So um, I, that, that, that's, that's really one of the main reasons that I wanted to have you guys on because I, I see how um, sacred you treat god's word and so i just kind of want to be able to learn from that record it and uh you know use this as a ability to uh put out content mm -hmm. that uh that i i just get to learn from you guys even more so uh thanks for for coming on i appreciate it mm -hmm. all right so who is this herman guy this hermeneutics guy can you tell me why we should care about him and can you make it in a list of no more than three points and use alliteration? So go. Uh, well, personally, as a student of Joel Osteen, I don't know. Uh, uh, it's just, I've, uh, I don't know. I hear about this guy all the time, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, hermeneutics is, um, is a science of, of interpretation. And technically it's not just uh, a Bible thing. Like there's, there's kind of a, uh, it, it really comes down to, what we do before, during, and in some senses after uh, we study a text, like uh, um, in, in uh, historically, hermeneutics referred to like the the the. It's kind of like putting our tools in order, or putting our exegetical tools in order, um, and so, um, and that's still a big part of it. Is saying like, okay, so what what are the tools I'm going to use? How am I going to use them? Um, and so it's, it's kind of like uh, what epistemology is to philosophy. Hermeneutics is to reading texts, like um, not just what do I think or what do I read in our, in our case, but how do I think about what I think and how do I read what I read and, and how do I go about pulling, pulling out pieces? Because of course um, everyone has a hermeneutic, everyone has an interpretive grid. Um, but it's kind of like, cause you know, see, I'm trying to show off the fact that I know some philosophy too. So I'm like, you know, it's kind of like the unexamined, uh, presu uh presuppositions are the ones that are the most dangerous. Same thing with hermeneutics. The un the unexamined hermeneutic is the one that's probably going to get you into trouble. Right. And so, and, and that's one of the reasons that, um, that I, like the subject is because it does deal with our presuppositions and those presuppositional uh, uh, leaning podcast. Um, we, we, we sometimes don't um, always recognize that when we're, we're approaching the text, we just think, okay, I've got me, my Bible, I can sit down and read it. Uh, Jesus did some things. I'm sure I can pull something from my daily life from that and I'm good to go. 
Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, but, but there's more to it. And uh, everyone who approaches any text to anything, Homer's Iliad, uh, the life and times of Julius Caesar, uh, the phone book, uh, there are different presuppositions that Western people bring to it, that Eastern people bring to it, that, um, uh, you know, that uh, we, when we approach the Bible, uh, we have to realize that it's kind of a, a book that we want to say is for our time, but it's also out of our time where we're reading stories that happen in a time and place in history. Um, but it's also something that people in the past thought that the, the, the future uh, people of the church needed and were important. And I would say that, so this is why, you know, hermeneutics is, is so essential to an apologetics podcast um, and not just because one of the best examples of apologetics we see in scriptures is the apostles in the book of Acts and what, and the repetition there is that they devoted themselves uh, to the apostles teaching and to prayer. And, and so, so you've covered, you've covered the prayer and now, and now we're talking about um, how to devote yourselves to the apostles teaching and actually understand the apostles teaching as the apostles teaching. Um, and I told you, uh, in a in another context that that like I I should almost print T-shirts that say could the original audience have understood the yes. way you're reading this text now? Like it, it's right. it's it's almost like a, um, the IT crowd joke. Did you turn it off and back on again? I do that's have a shirt that says that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's almost our. Did you? did you turn it off and back on again? Um, is, <laughs> yeah. Could the, the, like, the, all right, before we get too, too far into this, uh, this interpretation of the Bible, you got there, um, uh, uh, slaps the hood of this thing. Um, I, we can fit so many interpretations that the original audience wouldn't have <laughs> yeah. understood in this baby. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that's, that also speaks to the point of why do it in apologetics, because you're going to come to any atheist, uh, who's going to say, well, that's just your interpretation. Who's to say that's the only right one, or why don't you guys believe in mixed threads, eating shrimp, uh, bacon, um, yeah. you know, raping yeah. people, uh, uh, having abortions, and slavery. I mean, those, those are kind yeah. of the, the big ones that we hear nowadays. And, and, you know, the, the, the Christian yeah. response of, well, that was just back then. Well, everything yeah. was just back then. It's, it's, an, it's an unhelpful response. Like there's, there's a sense of which like there is like a, you, know, we, you have to have a, a helpful response. I think the big thing is that um, it, this is, this is a helpful uh, uh, apologetics point because i think a lot of unbelievers and unfortunately correctly believe that any christian they're talking to is an idiot and doesn't really know their their process and maybe i'm being a little bit i'm being a little bit uh i, I exaggerate that's what i do so that's something you, you know, get used to but like uh you know they're going to assume that like the average evangelical hasn't really thought about well why don't we why do we eat shellfish? Why do we mix our fabrics? Why do, why is it okay for us to eat pork now? And, um, and so that, that's why they use that arguments because usually it catches people completely uh, flat footed. And I think, uh, cause that's part of hermeneutics. Like part of hermeneutics is 
there's there's like macro level hermeneutics there's micro level hermeneutics um like macro level hermeneutics would be like how do i understand a text and where it factors into uh the text as a whole and then micro level be like how do i deal with this one text that's in front of me um and, and another way of saying that is like biblical theology um it's it's a which is kind of the uh the discipline of keeping track of the whole story of the, of the Bible. Uh, and, and that's really where those questions of like uh, mixed fabrics and stuff come from is like, well, first, before I can explain that you need to understand the concept of covenant and, right. and how covenant mm-hmm. factors into the story of the Bible. And, and uh, that was old covenant. Not everything that is old covenant doesn't pass away. And that's when we're getting into systematic theology, which is how we understand how all texts fix uh, all texts fit together. And we say, now there are some old co- covenant texts that had to do with setting apart Israel as a nation or some, sorry, old Testament laws that had to do with setting apart Israel as a nation. And that's what mixed fabrics and, and shellfish and pork had to do with, but there are other um, laws that, had to do with, uh, well, we call it the moral law, which is uh, it endures not because the Old Testament, Old Covenant law endures, but because it's older than the Old Covenant law. Like this is part of what has been true of God since the beginning of time. Like this is also an area of of debate among um some, especially in our circles, libertarian Christians, of like the question of capital punishment. Well, capital punishment, that's just an old covenant thing, Um, except that we see it instituted uh, in Genesis nine, right after Noah gets off the boat. So it actually predates the Old Testament law. And so you can't you can't just do away with it by saying, well, that's old covenant law. Well, it kind of comes before that. Um, And also there's there's a debate among new covenant theologians, and uh, I might be might be taking on some people. I don't know. Maybe, maybe some of your fans are new covenant theology fans. Um, so I'll just say what I say on our podcast. If you are a new covenant theology person, don't be so, uh, but, but there, there's, there's a, 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 a big segment of them that are like, well, you know, uh, uh, the Sabbath doesn't get restated in the new covenant. Therefore it's not an old covenant law that continues. Except that once again, that's something that predates the old covenant. We find it all the way back in creation, like written into creation is the fact that one day in seven, we are to rest and, and rest. We don't mean just lay around, but rest in the Lord as a, a foreshadowing or, a, or a, a foretaste of our great rest that we're going to have at the end. And uh, it, when, when, which were we, which is uh, in Christ that we will have uh, forever. And so, yeah, those, those are some kind of macro level hermeneutical stuff. Yeah. And, and uh, we've talked about it before is um, sometimes there, there is almost at odds with the two camps of systematic theology and biblical theology, but mm. it seems like it's a, a, a um, so systematic theology is you're trying to find mm-hmm. all the, all the things in scripture that are the same. So if it's about um, the Messiah, they, they, all, all, every, every passage that talks about Messiah, you're, you're pointing to a single point that says Messiah. And then here are the Bible verses for it. Mm-hmm. Where biblical theology is uh, kind of like how, how is uh, this verse 
um, uh, talked about and how does that focus down to uh, the themes and the points and stuff like that. And it's almost that meeting in the middle that we're looking for is, yes, we, we want to find what the Bible is saying for the time, place, person, uh, but we're also putting it within the context of whole scripture. So it's almost like we have this, um, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, two inverse triangles that are meeting together where you're, you're fitting almost all the Bible into each section of scripture that you're really wanting yeah. to find the balance and the consistency. Again, um, you know, I, to, to steal a, a great line from, from uh, Dr. White, uh, James White, um, the, the inconsistency is a sign of a failed argument. And so if you're, biblical study is is waffling there then it's probably incorrect yeah and and that's where i think um i i I don't i think it's a mis i think it's a misconception to see these as competing fields um i think some people who some of the people who think they're they're competing skills uh fields um are people who either well More often than not, it's on the biblical biblical theology side. They think systematic theology is an enemy. Um, a lot of times, like they'll say, either either because they're a liberal and don't believe that the Bible is consistent, and so they think all we have is the story of Scripture. So we just have this trajectory. We ride that trajectory out. We try and figure out what to do in our day um, because the trajectory keeps going. And mm-hmm. uh, or, or there's someone who believes that, uh, or they're or they're a big Bible person. And they think that systematic theology is flattening everything out. Mm-hmm. And, and to be fair, that's a risk of systematic theology is to flatten everything out, which is why I think instead of thinking of them as competing disciplines, thinking of them as, as kind of partner disciplines um, in figuring out the whole scope of scripture. Um, like I like to think of it like, like in terms of a line, like systematic theology is an up and down line. You're taking a topic and you're going down the list and you're going to start with some of the more clear verses and maybe some of the more, um, more uh, collected systematic arguments. Like I'm thinking like if you're going to deal with justification, you probably start with Romans three and four, because that's where you're going to get the most cons- uh, consistent long thread of, of, of argument. You're going to jump into Galatians, which has a little bit of clear evidence. And then, um, you know, a little bit in Ephesians, even though justification isn't mentioned, it's kind of like, it seems like that's what they're talking about. And then you're going to start pulling in some of the smaller texts on the matter. Um, but at some point you're going to have to check with like, after, after you've kind of constructed what you think is a good justification systematic, then you're going to check with biblical theology of what is the story of righteousness and and see like, okay, does, does what we, does what we find in our systematic, does it match up with, with this story that's being developed over the whole story of, of scripture? And sometimes it's going to, sometimes it's going to correct our, our systematic. Sometimes it's just going to add greater horizons. Like sometimes a study of, of the Bible is not so much about, uh, correcting so much as deepening and that's that's something that we we talk about on our show a a lot too it's like sometimes we go into depth on a verse not because we we needed to for 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 getting a clarity of what the verse meant but but just to deepen our understanding of that and 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 sometimes that's what you get but sometimes it is correcting sometimes it corrects a very simple systematic theology because we're not looking at enough data you know 
Uh, Jeff, is that possible for the average person who hasn't been to seminary that can just sit down with with their their Bible behind enemy lines, uh, you know, behind the Iron Curtain? Can can the the average person do that? And and does does, does the Bible tell us to do something like that? Absolutely. I will say that the Bible does tell us to do it in relationship with a local church, in relationship with other believers. So it's not a it's it's not a matter of um, me and my Bible alone under a tree. Um, it, um, it's not a matter of what we sometimes call solo scriptura. Um, but uh, so it it is a great benefit to have the help of other believers. And mm-hmm. sometimes we have seen the benefit in collecting really smart other believers in one place and using them to train future pastors and send them out. But I consistently um, tell people in, in my congregation that the I benefited greatly from going to seminary. I recommend it to someone who wants to go into the ministry with some caveats, <laughs> um, but, um, uh, but that I benefited, I have benefited so much more greatly and, 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 and my seminary education pales in comparison to just reading the Bible every day since I was six. Like, it's just, um, it's familiar, familiarity with the word, um, being able to, um, to see the uh, connections between uh, the scriptures, being able to understand, put, put yourself in the, the mindset of the scriptures. I, mm-hmm. I mean, one of the simplest examples is, is just that, um, and, and we know this, we know this as a difference between the way Christians read the Bible and the way like atheists read the Bible. Um, but just adopting the Bible's own supernatural worldview. Like I said, that is a difference between the way atheists yeah. read the Bible and the way Christians read the Bible, of course. But I would say that even, I, I, I was going to say as Christians, but let me say as Jeff, I too often do not take the Bible's own supernatural worldview into my reading of the scriptures. So that when, uh, so that, so that when, so that when I come to a text, I am, I am not reading it right in a certain way because, because I, I have not, fully onboarded the um the recognition um that say okay for instance um uh in our in our um meeting that we have for the people who do the preaching and teaching um in our church this week we were comparing acts 2 to act 17 as as a group of guys and and doing a compare and contrast and seeing and seeing uh, what we could learn from those. Cause we're 
we're team teaching through the team preaching through the book of Acts. And so we were doing a compare and contrast to see um, to see what we could uh, notice there that might help us in in our approach to the whole book, um, mm-hmm. which maybe we should have done before we preached all the way through Acts two. But anyway, um, <laughs> but but uh, um, you see, this is one of the values of going just way too slow. Anyway, um, so. <laughs> Um, but one of the things I noticed there that I hadn't noticed before that is really just a product of reading the Bible as a supernatural document about a supernatural world, because there is no other, there is no other (laughs) kind of world. And because the scriptures are breathed out by God, they're therefore, they're therefore supernatural as well. Um, uh, so I noticed that uh, um, in Acts 2, it, there's the famous, they must be drunk on new wine. Uh, and, and, uh, um, and, and then I hadn't noticed before that there's a parallel in Acts 17. There are two of them. Um, and, and, and hopefully I can, I can stutter enough to remember what they are. It's that the... Uh, 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 one is that, oh, one is that he's a, um, a ranting and raving that he's a, uh, that Paul is a, uh, inane babbler is, is one of the, uh, glosses that I gave to that. It, it's that, that he's, um, uh, that, uh, that he's just, um, just off his rocker philosophically. Um, they've already got that, um, they've already got that critique of him. And then the other is that he is a, um, the gloss I gave was the herald of foreign demons is, 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 is so it's usually translated um, that he's, that he's, that he's proclaiming or preaching foreign gods, but, uh, mm. but the word is actually daimonion, um, oh. uh, which, which can mean gods or, or demigods or, or whatever, but, it's where we get the word demon. And so, um, and, and, and so I noticed, Oh, look, like people are going to get saved in both of these events a lot in the sermon in Acts two, and only a few in the, in the, in the dispute in Acts 17. Uh, but people are going to get saved in both these events. So what is Satan doing? He's thrashing around wildly. He's got nothing on peter he's got nothing on paul so he's throwing out the wildest accusations to see if they can stick so that mm. so that there's like there's he did actual, with jesus i'm sorry like he did with jesus yeah <laughs> oh he casts out demons by the prince of demons yeah. sure that would make sense <laughs> um, um and uh it's it's nice of jesus to quote abraham lincoln by the way <laughs> yeah i know um in 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 response to that accusation yes um so uh look it up guys it's great um anyway uh the the, so so yeah i mean so then so then this is this is this is me applying this this process of of being um more of a supernaturalist yeah in in reading the scriptures and 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 not just assuming that away like we uh-huh. are just so prone to do so 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 much of it um 
and and one of the reasons I would just recommend just regular, consistent Bible reading is because that's the way you're going to start to read the Bible like a Bible reader and not yeah. like a Fox News watcher. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll say, I'll say also like, um, for, for me, like my advice to someone who's just started, and this is what I've, I've, I've grown used to say, like to, when I'm talking to youth, when I'm talking to new believers, I'm always like, here's the deal. I've been doing this for like 20 years. Like, you know, like I've been, I've been reading the Bible consistently for a long time. Like I I've, I've been studying it. I've, and I, you don't have to have everything right away. You know, like I, I'm always a big preacher of patience with people who are, who are just starting out. Like, can I, can I do all this? Not right away. No, probably not right away. It's going to be good for you to just sit under the teaching of the word in your daily reading, just kind of read through it, pray through it. That's a big thing. Like, you know, you talked about prayer. Uh, prayer goes with apologetics. But prayer also is so important for exegesis. If the spirit of the Lord is the one who inspired the word, the spirit of the Lord is going to be the one who unlocks it for us too. And so pray through it, take your time, be patient. And, um, and, and yeah, like you said, it's a supernatural work. Um, but then when it comes to doing the hard natural study, I think it's also good to be patient to say, you know what, even with that, take your time. Like I worked as a construction worker for, uh, like, I don't know, nine months. And I was just the worst. I, I was just the worst. I, I learned something very valuable and that is I should not be a construction worker. But another thing I remember once this guy was, uh, I was drilling this hole through a board that was like through like or through a bunch of boards stuck together. And it was the most crooked, crappy hole I've ever. Do you say crap on this podcast? Sure. I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's go too far for some people. Anyway, like I was just this crookedest hole and it was terrible. And then the guy walks up to me and like one of the other guys, he's just like, here's the deal, man. You left your tools in your belt. Like he, he's like, here, you've got this, you've got this straight edge, the square. So use that like you could have used this in your pencil and drawn a line. You could have lined it up. And so that was this. The, the, I remember he, he, hearing that phrase and being like, man, how often do we do that when it comes to studying the word? We just leave our tools in our belt like we, we we've got already got tools like, you know, how to read an email, you know, how to take in the information, you know, how to like try and read it and try and figure out the voice of the person you're reading. Um you know, like you, you know how to, there's a lot of tools that you already have for studying. And then maybe over time you start adding tools to your belt. You know, you start to, to add tools, like, you know, you study a catechism. Like, I think that's, I, I know it doesn't sound like it, but that's a huge tool for biblical study and for, for even for exegesis, because you're getting the, the big picture. These catechisms were written by men who have brilliant students of the word and we're brilliant at bringing together everything in a, in a total picture. And that's going to give you a broad picture that you can use. That's going to help you out with individual texts way more often than you think it would. Um, and also bring a tool. You'll have tools of like, um, like I think the biggest tool is just learn to become a sponge about anyone talking about the word. 
When someone says something about the word, you just take it in, test it, be a Berean, and maybe you come to the conclusion that this person is wrong and you're going to learn something from proving them wrong. Or you're going to find that this person makes an, an observation that is right. And it's just going to be like, you put it in your mental file folder for, for next time you're studying uh, whatever text, you know? And so um, I, I think the biggest, and of course, I think like, like Jeff said, the biggest tool you have is your church and um, your pastor who is your pastor and elders whose job is to oversee your soul and to care for your soul, particularly by feeding you the word. Like you don't have to, you don't have to figure it out yourself. Be patient, take advantage of your tools, take advantage of, of, uh, of what the Lord has given you, you know? Awesome. And, and I, I, I let me j- jump on that message of, of patience, the, you know, it's, it's always true. The best time to plant an apple tree was 30 years ago. And the second best time is today. So, so, you know, it, it, um, don't grow weary in well-doing because Mm -hmm. in due season, we will reap a harvest if we faint not. Um, and, and, and you, and, and you say that, 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 Patience is is part of the the natural aspect of reading the word, and of course it is. Um, but who says it's not part of the supernatural aspect? Yeah, yeah, After yeah. all, yeah, yeah. the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. Yeah. What's yeast like? Yeah. You can't even tell it's there at first, and yeah. then it becomes undeniable over time. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 so yeah. Um. So that had that is how god has made the word the world work yeah and it's also how he is how he is equipped you for your word work is uh-huh. is is to uh is that it is something where you will slowly 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 maybe not even feel like you're making that much progress yeah. and then suddenly you'll notice that it's had fruit suddenly you'll notice uh-huh. that that wait a second i know the answer to this question <laughs> wait a second yeah. i i'm i'm seeing this and i'm i'm seeing how it was it was back there and 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 um and that is that is just the way god has framed the world so yeah. so don't don't kick against it. <laughs> um, uh, you know, um, I think, I think that um, the the church and the amazing resources that we have in English through the internet <laughs> today, yeah. um, including, of course, this podcast. But uh, but uh, um, but the the amazing resources we have available to us. Um, it is that that is uh, an amazing way to give mm-hmm. a boost to the work you're doing, but ultimately, it's 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 more like farming than it mm-hmm. is like jumping in on Bitcoin at just the right time. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, nice. And maybe I should maybe I should clarify what I meant by natural. Uh, uh, I was reading uh, the. The, the Chicago statement of biblical hermeneutics this morning. And they, they make the comment that in, in a, in the same way, 
uh, or I guess I would, I think they would mean in an analogous way to the way that Jesus is both human and divine and how uh, th- those are distinct, but inseparable in the same way the hum- the Bible is a human work and it is divine work. Like it is a human work in that um, you have to remember that these are real men in a real place. Like this is going back to that, that thing we talked about with like, put it back in its historical context with the original readers have appreciated your interpretation um, and say, uh, it, it's it, in, in, and it's a, uh, it's a human work in that way. It's written. We have to figure out in some ways we are trying to learn what is Paul's style? How does Paul use language? How does this sentence work out? What does he mean by this sentence? Try and figure out what, what, uh, or for our purposes in the, in the gospel or in the, the, the epistle of the apocalypse, uh, what is, what would the original readers have pictured in their minds knowing what what their city was like and what their world was like and what what is john using of their mindset in order to help them understand this um and and in some ways and in or in many ways i i I don't want to say i want to say be patient and um take your time trust the lord's process but i also want to be like i i also don't want to tell you it's not going to be work (laughs) i want to make sure that like uh a lot, there, I think there's 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 people who hear that it's a spiritual work and they think, all right, so the Lord's just going to download it all to my brain. I can just flip open my Bible, read a verse. That's what I need for today and go. But like there there is work to it, and I don't and I don't want to undermine that. And I want to make sure that um, anyone listening to this podcast doesn't hear us say it's not work. Like it, it does take. It's going to take years of study, um, your whole life. And who knows, we might just be starting when we get to heaven. Like we're going to, we're all going to be handed out Bibles in the new heavens, and the new earth and be like, all right, I've added a few pages, you know, and then <laughs> and we're going to have more to study. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have uh, more to study for all, you know, for all eternity. Like there's, there's going to be work involved and, and, uh, but, but along with that, but to trust that the spirit is working in that work in the same way that, you know, for second Peter one 20 and 21, uh, no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God. So that phrase, as they were carried along by the Holy spirit, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy spirit. So men spoke, that's the human component. And, and they are speaking in, in a, in a specific language, Greek or Hebrew, uh, Hebrew for the old Testament, Greek for the new. Um, but as they were carried along by the Holy spirit, like you can't leave either aspect. You got to remember it's, it's men speaking mm-hmm. by the Holy spirit. And, and so, so, j- so just in the same way, our Bible writers wrote, they didn't form into a trance. They, they, they yeah. weren't trying to write uh, in the beginning was the, 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 the wad and God, you know, took their hand and said, no, 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 no. It's word. Yeah. There, there was a human component to it, but there was also this supernatural spirit d- mm-hmm. dwelling that took place. And so just as that was for writing the Bible, reading yeah. the Bible then is also that, um, that communion between God and man. That'd yeah. be fair. Well, right. And, and it's because God is a good communicator. So he has communicated in a way that we can yeah. understand. Um, I think I think you listened to the sermon, Patrick, where I was talking about how uh, 
my daughter uh, tries to befriend bugs yeah. Um, yeah. And, it, and it goes not particularly well um, <laughs> uh, as, 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 as such things are wont to do. Um, uh, but that uh, I was making that as an, as an analogy for um, God trying to speak to us that we'd be every bit as, as hopeless <laughs> at, at being a friend of God as, as uh, my eldest daughter is at making bug friends. Um, if, if he hadn't, if he hadn't lowered himself to speak our language and, um, and to communicate in a way we can understand. And one of those ways is that we, as readers can see the marks of how someone has, has crafted and honed their message. Mm -hmm. So it would be, it would be weird if the Bible was not carefully crafted and honed um, in that way to where to where we could benefit from understanding, oh, this is why he put this in this order, or this is why he used this turn of phrase, or this is why he yeah. made this reference, or and and um uh and and then sure enough, the Bible itself tells us that, that that's how it worked. <laughs> and then, and yeah. That uh, um, several of the books of scripture, they say, oh, no, I sat down and worked on this puppy, um, you know, and yeah. and uh, some of the ones that have so, some of the sharpest marks of that having been done are the ones that don't say that. <laughs> um, yeah, do, you, do you think uh, the first and the second Corinthians had like five rough drafts because Paul was just so ticked off and he was like, listen, <laughs> really, you guys are doing that Really? Do I, do I have to come down there? Do I? Oh, <laughs> no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Let me let me be more eloquent. Oh, I love everyone. <laughs> the, the point I'm just making there is that um, is that uh, that this is actually um, that this. It, it takes work to read the Bible. It took work to write the Bible. It, it didn't just it didn't just pop into being. And that's one of the things that actually helps us be able to read it. That's good for us. That work went into this um, is yeah. uh, uh, is is that it actually it actually makes it a a human document written down in slug speak for us yeah. that we can we can actually read um, and and so that's uh, that's I think the um, uh, so it um, that's actually to our advantage, not a detriment. It's, it's very helpful to understand that apologetically, of course. Um, but, but, uh, just, just in the everyday reading of the word, um, to, to understand that so that, um, and the same Holy spirit that helped these men do the work of writing the Bible will help you do the work of reading it. Yeah. You have the same Holy Spirit your pastor does, but you do not know the Bible as well as your pastor does, hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah. um, hopefully, unless um, un unless you are one of the the teachers and 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 leaders in the church, um, and and you are also in that sense in that sense a a pastor. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, your pastor knows more about the Bible than you. Um, and that's a good thing. That's good for you. It's one of the reasons that God put you in a church. It's a mm -hmm. blessing to you. Um, and 
Mm-hmm. And and so it's important to understand that yes, you have the you have the same Holy Spirit, and He works slowly through human means, yeah. so that ultimately we can say. Um, this is presumably coming out somewhere near Reformation Day. Hopefully, we we can uh, around there. We can, <laughs> probably pretty close. Hopefully, we can we can say that uh, so that we can still can say that popes and councils do err and have erred. And if I can really rock some people's boats, that pipers and conferences have erred and do err. Um, and uh, and stop recording. And, and, stop recording. <laughs> cut and the so stream. That, cut the stream. <laughs> so that we can we can we can say that, but but he says, so unless I am convinced by scripture and by sound reason, which 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 is the product of of work and of striving mm-hmm. and of uh, yeah. and of laboring under the text. Um mm-hmm. and and not um, and isn't just an overnight thing. If 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 Martin Luther had gotten saved and then immediately said, "All of you are wrong. Here I stand. I can do no other. God help me." And then it, I think I think rightfully people would have gone, "Well, if God really wanted you to do this, then maybe He would have helped." you understand the Bible better because here you made all these basic errors. <laughs> that, that's how that Or lose not. his first debate against a Roman Catholic. Yeah. Well, which arguably he still even did, but <laughs> depending on, <laughs> depending on how you score that one, um, he yeah. didn't, he, on, on the text, he was fine on the, on the, on the church history. He got, he got surprised. Um, <laughs> but, um, but um, um, anyway, so the, um, I, I, so I just I just wanted to lay that all out there that that mm-hmm. that that we we certainly um, we certainly understand that it is mm-hmm. the same Holy Spirit who who led along these men of God the same Holy Spirit who who um, breathed out the Word of God is the same Holy Spirit who leads us now in reading the Word of God but He didn't promise that it was going to happen instantly. Yeah. That's not how it works. Yeah. And, and it doesn't just happen with the autographs either. It, the, 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 when I learned from Kostenberger, who's been on the show, front of the show and uh, you know, I would have uh, listed him among the names, but I was like, how do you say that again? <laughs> so I just didn't even try. Yeah, he's from Austria. So, you know, where Austrian <laughs> economics comes from and he studied Austrian <laughs> economics. So I just, you know, Ooh. put the feather in my cap for that one. I, I learned <laughs> that from your show. There you go. <laughs> um, but but it's in the transmission of of the Gospels and the letters, too. You know, it's it's not again, God, uh, you know, an evil scribe is out there going, I'm going to change John 1 1. And oh, I, I, I just can't do it. I, I, I'm, I'm being held back by the invisible hand of God, the, the same one that moves markets and Adam Smith. That's the that's the the the, the principal point of uh, Bart Ehrman tr- trying to say, like, oh, God would preserve it with, without error and, and everything like that. But you have a system of uh, Greek speaking at the time. You have the Roman roads being built to go to all the corners of the world at the time. And you have the you have so many lines of transmission. And I would also say uh, with, within the confines of the first at least 300 years, you have periods of rest of the church and also 
arrest of the church, which makes things sporadic. And you you, you find, oh, well, th- this one has an errant reading. How do we know that they're errant? Is because we can do the hard work of looking at it and going, oh, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 there are three that speak in heaven, the, the father, the, the, the blood and, and the spirit. How, how do we know that's, that shouldn't really be there? Although, you know, some guy on, on horseback put a, put a number next to it. So we, we, we're not dr- dropping anything. We're saying, let's be clear on what the, what the Bible is and and how we know things. And, and we're not rewriting the Bible We're we're, um, letting God, who once He speaks, creates the canon, and we are now doing better at recognizing the canon. We're not removing anything. We're saying, "Oh, here we're we're coming up with more evidence," and and we have people within the church that are doing that hard work, even still to this day. And I think the the beauty of you know Jesus being executed by by uh, the the Roman um, ruler of the world. Uh, uh, enabled the gospel to permeate the world in such manner. It's, it's the, 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 the devil has killed Jesus three days later, he's risen from the dead. Oh no. And the, the rock is rolled away. Uh, it, it, how is that done? And, and, you know, we've talked to uh, Jay Warner Wallace who, you know, we, we put the, the question to him. If, if you came upon a murder scene and there's, there's no way, uh, you know, human intervention can, can uh, uh, come about, would you, with your worldview, uh, except a a paranormal um, uh, event happening. He said all, once all natural uh, knowledge has uh, uh, gone away, then I I'm forced to because I recognize that there's uh, a another level to this. And I I, I think watching um, Roman Catholics and Protestants debate on uh, transubstantiation. Uh, when Roman Catholics say here here is church fathers say the real presence of Christ is here that means transubstantiation. It's like no real presence. They believe that the spirit world existed. And so he's present yeah. in the, the, the scripture. And so yeah. when, when we, when we uh, no longer double check our presuppositions that could be right, but, but w- once we hold them in higher esteem than um, logic or the word, I think that's, that's yeah. when we can become just as uh, well a Roman Catholic apologist for the same thing, because we're, we're looking at it through, you know, uh, well, you know, why didn't Paul list these five other things that, that weren't the case? Because when I write a story, I I make clear that I'm only talking about this one city, not these five other ones. Well, because you're writing in a context of 21st century Western version that is, that is writing for this type and and you're applying that standard back onto it, which is anachronistic, which, yeah. you know, it's, it's Paul's flying car. If there's a flying car within scripture, we might be a little hesitant on even today, you know, we just have self-driving ones from time to time. Yeah. 